Hey guys, this is Naeem and you've reached the Mosaic Church Podcast. So excited that you're part of our listening community and I'd love for you to be even more connected. So check out our website. There's more content there and there's more opportunities for you to get connected in our ministries and events as well. Also, love for you to share this content. If this is blessed to you, I know that God wants to use you to bless other people with it. So share this podcast, if you will. Lastly, would you consider supporting this ministry? This is made possible by other people's generosity, and I'd love for you to pay it forward. Join us to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus together. So would you consider giving to this ministry? I know that God is able to do immeasurably more through us when we come together. Thank you so much. God bless you. Enjoy. I'll tell you what, I am so pumped about this morning because we're starting a brand new conversation. And it's, it's, um, it's a conversation that's going to lead, up, lead us to Easter. And uh, I'm excited about that because it's a conversation about you and me and us, which means that it's about who we are as a church, but also what God is doing in us and wanting to do through us. In particular, this series is about the stories we tell ourselves and the power they have to actually set the course of our lives. Like they determine the direction we are going in. So think about it. Are you telling a story right now uh, to yourself about an area of your life? You're like, oh, this is going to be okay, or this is going to be bad, or this is enough. Whatever you're telling yourself, it's determining the direction you're going in. And if you don't believe me, uh, you should, because think about it. Think about uh, what we are all waking up to. I mean, we have realized that we've been telling ourselves as, uh, as, as a human race, right, that we are it's sort of indestructible in a sense, and this virus takes us all down. We've told ourselves a story that we, we, we got this. We are modern. We, we got it together, and obviously we are at this point. And haven't we all had this moment of, like, stopping and going, how did we ever get here as a society? Now, this has happened not just globally, but also in our country. We're waking up to a story that we've been telling ourselves, and then we're saying, how did we get here as a nation? How many times, by the way, have you heard that phrase? How did we get here? Why? It's because the stories we've been telling ourselves and what's happening now. You've seen it. We, we are revisiting these stories. We're rewriting and uh, re-deconstructing some of our things. We are going back to what we were taught and saying, okay, I don't think those were right. Because again, stories determine the direction that we end up going. It's happening also in the church. Yes, in the, in, especially in the Western church, especially in the U.S., as I would say. It's happening. We are waking up again to this, oh, hey, hold on, hold on, hold on. Does this mean that I'm, uh, I'm like them? Like we're waking up to a rea- reality that says, okay, I'm, I, I thought I was a, uh, a Christian or, or I thought I was an evangelical, if you know that term. And now you're looking around going, uh, I'm not quite sure if this is where I want to be as an evangelical. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, to uh, uh, respectfully leave or decline or stop going in that direction. We're all waking up to this. I mean, we have been forced to look again at what we've been telling ourselves as Christians. And we've been able to really go, I'm not quite sure that's where we want to go. So this series is about that. It's about us waking up to the reality that God is moving us in a certain direction, but we have to stop and go, hold up, hold up, hold up. 
Um, what are we retelling ourselves? So if you find yourself right now in a place where you're like, I think I'm headed in a good direction. Well, look at what you've been telling yourself. And I guarantee you, you're probably telling yourself the truth. But if you're finding yourself going in a different direction, maybe you find yourself going, I'm not sure if I like where I'm going. It's connected to what you and I are telling ourselves. So here's what I want to do. I want to go to a passage, and this is the perfect passage for us because it kicks off this, uh, this series that we're going to be in, uh, talking about what it means to, to really reclaim the message and movement of Jesus. And if there was a name for the series, I guess it would be to reclaim, because we love that term here at Mosaic. If you don't, have you, if you don't know, now you know. We just love that term. So let's jump in. If you've got your Bibles, grab those. We're going to jump into Philippians. Philippians is in the New Testament. It's written by a guy named Paul. Um, Paul. Now this guy is a guy for sure uh, had a moment where he had to just stop and go, hey, what are the, what are the stories that I've been telling myself and, and, and where am I going? Now obviously uh, Philippians is not written to us. Philippians was written because it's a letter. It was written to a church in Philippi. Most of the letters that Paul wrote, um, I, I should probably just say all of the letters Paul wrote, none of them were addressed to you and me. We are literally reading someone else's mail, by the way. But like I've said before, the scriptures are not to us, but they are for us. So we have to take in perspective, in context, because if you don't have context, right, you can make the text say whatever you want to. So we're jumping into the context, and this is the context. Paul is talking to Christians about Christians in a very non-Christian society. And so that's where we pick it up. So Philippians 3, it says here, he says, Whatever happens, whatever happens to your brothers and sisters, rejoice in the Lord. I never get tired of telling you these things. And I do it uh, to safeguard your faith. He's saying, I want to I keep telling you something that I've told you before, but I'm doing this uh, for your benefit and for our benefit. That's, that's his lead off. And then he's also calling them brothers and sisters, which means he's obviously connected to them. And then he says this. He says, watch out, watch out for those dogs. Dogs, like what kind of dogs? Fluffy dogs, chihuahuas. What are you talking about, bro? No, no, He says, those people. What? Hold on. What? The Bible says this. He says, watch out for dogs. He's writing a letter. He's like, watch out for those dogs. Uh, I wonder at what point Paul was like, what am I going to use? Should I use... What should I use? I'll use dogs. What? Watch out for those dogs. And then he says, those people who do evil, those mutilators who say, who say what? You must be circumcised to be saved. For we worship by the Spirit of God uh, are the ones who are truly circumcised. Again, let, because this is someone else's mail, let me translate here. Paul is talking to Christians in Philippi about certain Christians, and he's saying there a, there's a bunch of Christians out there. There's a bunch of Jewish Christians out there, okay? Because all of these people that he's talking to, or most of them, were, they had Jewish history. They've been told stories, Jewish stories about the Messiah, about God, about even uh, the, pers the, 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 the person of Jesus, who he is. And so now, now that you have these Jewish people interacting in a relationship with Jesus, they have their history to deal with. They have all of this back uh, stuff that they're, they're trying to sift through. And here Paul is saying, hey, there are some Christians out there. 
there are some, your brothers and sisters out there. I'm calling them dogs. Haha. <laughs> I'm sorry. I won't put it on Instagram, but I'm telling you this. I'll write you a letter. I'm calling them dogs. They're evildoers. Here's what they're saying. Here's what they're, and here's why I'm calling them them. They're wanting, they're wanting adult males to be circumcised to be saved. What they think, the story they're telling, is that they have to be like the person of like the person of Jesus, the human person of Jesus, to actually be in a relationship with Jesus and be transformed like Jesus. And he's saying, it's not, it's not a real thing. It's the Holy Spirit that's doing a work. There's a deeper work involved. It has nothing to do to, in becoming a Jewish man. Because he was saying, there are Gentiles among you. Philip, uh, the, uh, the, the, uh, Philippi w- was in Roman territory. And he's like, hey, listen, all these people who are coming into your church, there are people who want these men uh, to be circumcised. Let me just tell you, these people are evil. And here is really something that you and I got to pay attention. Because I am one of those guys, I'm like, hey, if it's a, follow, follower, it's, a, it's a follower of Jesus or it's a fellow Christian, I'm all good with them. But see, what happens is that sometimes, sometimes there are Christians, there are people uh, that invent theologies, and then if we don't like stop and resist them or stop and question them, they end up leading a direction, the direction of the church. And what's happened even now is that the direction of the church has been set by certain people who are, Paul says, evildoers, because the church is waking up to prejudice. The church is waking up to this idea of what it means to actually be complicit to certain things. The church is waking up to like, hey, this is not cool anymore. It's waking up. Why? Because it had allowed evildoers to take the church somewhere by what? Telling a certain story. And the story here in particular, in their case, was what? You got to be circumcised to be saved. Guess who's not signing up for that? Any males. And again, here they're also making a point that it's all about the males. They're not talking about women. See, the, but the movement of Jesus was very different. It was there's no free or slave, there's no woman or man. It's, it's all the same in Christ. So here, these Christians, they're telling a different story and they're making the church go a different direction. So Paul's really pumped about it. He keeps on going. He says, we, he says, we, because he's reminding them, it's, about, it's, it's us, all of us. He says, we rely on what Christ has done for us. We put no confidence in human effort. Though I have confidence in my own flesh, if anyone could, I, indeed, it, if others have reason for confidence in their own flesh, I have even more. He's basically saying, listen, if there's anyone who's going to boast, if there's anyone who's, who, who, you know, who's going to win in this whatever competition, it's me. If you want to talk about being a, like the ideal Jewish person, it's me. This is uh, Paul talking, who, by the way, grew up as Saul, named after a king. And then he goes on and says, let me just tell you. He said, he says this, I was circumcised when I was eight, year, eight days old, which, is, which was the thing to do. He said, I did that, number one. Then he goes on, he says, I'm a pl- pure-blooded citizen of Israel and the member of a tribe of Benjamin, a real Hebrew if there ever was one. Um, I was a member of the Pharisees. Yeah, the Pharisees. Who what? Who demanded the strictest obedience to the Jewish law. 
And then he says, you remember this? I was so zealous that I harshly persecuted the church. And everybody remembers that because this, is, was, this, was, this guy was like uh, after the church, he helped kill off some of the uh, early disciples. People know about this. Then he keeps on going. He says, and as, and as, as for righteousness, I, I obeyed the law without fault. He said, I really did. He said, if it was about um, righteousness and living the right way or becoming this Jewish person, this Jewish man, the perfect Jewish man, I'm telling you, I was pretty close. He said, I obeyed the law without fault. And then he says this. He says, I once thought these things were valuable. What is he saying here? He said, I used to believe a story. I was told a story. I was taught a story. I mean, I grew up with this. And that's why I did all the things. I was a member of this, and I did that, and I, and I learned this, and I became the leader of this, and I did all those things. But I'm just going to tell you right now, I had to at some point just stop and go, hold on, what is the story I'm telling myself? Because when Jesus entered into my life, he began telling a different kind of story. So there he says it. Again, let me read it. He says, I once thought all these things were valuable, but now I consider them worthless because of what Christ has done. Do you see it? He is just changing direction right here. He's saying, I was headed one way. I'm headed a different way. I used to believe this. I don't. I used to consider this as valuable. I don't anymore. And I'm aligning myself to a direction of Jesus. Because I consider all those things worthless. He's explicitly saying, I no longer believe the story that I used to believe. And because of that, it's changing my direction. He keeps on going and he says, yes, everything else is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. He keeps on going. He's focused on this one direction now. He says, for his sake, I have dis disregarded everything else, counting it as garbage, so I could gain Christ and become one with him. See, he's saying, I've stopped telling myself a particular story about who God is and how, would, how God um, allows us uh, to know him and transforms us to be righteous. I've, I've, I've changed that story. I've reimagined that story. It's no longer the story. Now it's changed my direction. And because it changed my direction, I am now losing certain things. So you see the progression here. He said, I'm, no, I'm, I'm losing something. And then what am I doing? I'm also gaining something else. And then he keeps, he's, so he says it here. He says what? He said, yes, everything else is worthless when compared to the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For his sake I have considered, I've dis disregarded everything else, counting it all as rubbish, so I could gain Christ and become one with him. I no longer, I no longer count my own righteousness through obeying the law. Rather, I become righteous through what? Faith in Christ. For God's way, God's way, and this is the story. He's like, let me tell you, this is the storyline now. This is the narrative. For God's way of making us right with himself depends on, 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 let me remind you, not circumcision. On what? On faith. It's, it's faith, friends. It's faith. He says, I, I want to know him. 
I want to know Christ and experience the mighty power that raised him from the dead. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another I could experience the resurrection from the dead. He's getting personal here. He's like, guys, it's so much more deeper. It's deeper than what you're thinking. It's deeper than all the things that they're telling you. The story they're telling you. No, 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 it's a superficial story. No, this is the story I'm telling you. This, this, this relationship with God is, is, is accessed through Jesus' faithfulness to what he did and also our faithfulness to him. And it changes the game because then there's an, a sense of intimacy that opens up. And you can actually begin to know him deeply. And here Paul says, I want to know him deeply. He keeps on going. He says, listen, I, I want to experience even this resurrection from the dead. Like he's going all in, he says. And then he says this, I love it. He says, and I don't mean to say that I've already achieved all these things. He's like, I, I haven't gotten there or that I've already reached perfection, but I press on. And here it is. You've probably heard this verse before, right? And I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. Did you hear that? Let me read it again. It's so good. It says, but I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. No, dear brothers and sisters, I have not achieved it. I'm not there yet, he says. But I focus on one thing, forgetting the past and looking to what lies ahead, I press on to reach the end of the race and receive the heavenly prize for which God, through Christ Jesus, is calling not just me, he's calling us. What is he saying? Clearly, friends, he is laying out, we got to move in a different direction. We have to do this. He's saying here, the price of maturity is when you begin to gain things, right? By losing some things. That you begin to lose things to gain some things. He says that's the scenario. That's the game. He keeps on going. Here, let me just read this. And he says it. He says, let all. Then he goes on. He says, let all. Those who are spiritually mature agree on what? These things. He's like, if you're mature, you've got to get the story right. Because if you don't get the story right, you're going to end up like those evildoers, like those hashtag dogs. You're going to end up in a different direction. You're going to lead the church and the movement of Jesus in a very different path. It's not good. He says, so if you're spiritually mature, you've got to agree on these things. And then he goes on. He says, but if you disagree on some point, I believe, I believe God will make it plain to you. But, he said, regardless, regardless if you, like, you know, like uh, disagree on certain things. We as spiritually mature, as the church, here's what we have to do. We must hold on to the progress we've already made. So what is he saying? He's saying, church, let me just tell you, I'm writing this again, I don't mind it. See, there's a story that forever was rewritten for us. We, used to, we were Jewish. We grew up in Jewish tradition and culture, and we loved all those things. But those stories told us and created an image of God that we grew up with that was not fully complete. And because of that, it was leading us in a very different direction. Jesus has stepped into the picture. He's giving us a complete picture of what this relationship with God is. He's rewriting the story, friends. And because he's rewriting this, He's changed the direction. He's totally changed the direction. And here he's saying, I love my past. It's all great, but I'm not holding on to it. 
And I get it because so many of us, as we look into our lives, we go, okay, okay, what are you really saying? I'm saying, and you know this, you feel it right now. You're telling me, Naeem, that if, if I need to, if you don't like where I'm at, I got to look at the stuff that I'm telling myself. I got to tell, I got to look at the narrative, the stories of what I'm telling myself about my health, about my finances, about my career, about my relationship, about my marriage. If I don't like where I'm ended up, that I end up, I got to look at what am I telling myself? And the truth is, I would rather lie to myself. <laughs> I would, man. I don't know about you. I would. When it comes to certain things, I'm like, ah, it's okay. It's not that bad, right? It's the classic line. It's not that bad. It's okay. Another day, it's okay. It's okay. And I keep saying, I keep saying it. What does that say? Well, it, it's a story that I've made up about whatever. Oh, financial, I'll, I'll get there one day. I'm telling myself a story, and it's leading me down a path. Have I made that any more clear? It's challenging. I, I understand it. But do you see what Paul's so fired up about? He's saying, friends, 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 don't let those dogs. <laughs> let me just tell you, again, he's talking about Christians. He's not talking about the Gentiles. He's not talking about those people who don't claim to be Christians. He's not talking about the Buddhists and the Muslims out there and the Sikhs and whatever. He's not talking about, he's talking about, yeah, those people who call yourself that they're in your circle or in your whatever, denomination, whatever. I'm telling you, I'm telling you, they're taking, taking the church down a path that we don't want to go. And I'll tell you why I want to bring this up. Because, again, this series is really about the path that we're going as a church. It is. We are not trying to uh, relive our, the past of the church. We're not trying to preserve the past of the church. That's not our thing. We're trying to create what the future of the church looks like. We are like Paul going, I've just stepped into a moment in time where I have a responsibility to look at where I'm at, to know where I've come from. I know I used to be this person, but I'm believing this story about Jesus and this story about the kingdom, and I'm moving towards this direction. And he's calling us, friends, to do the same. So will we do this? Will we do this as a church? And will we do this individually? Will we do it? And are we willing to lose to gain? Are we willing to? Because I know we will gain if we have the courage to lose certain things in our lives. Have you lost things in this pandemic? I think we have. Like the things we didn't mean to even lose, we've lost. And for some of us, it's been so tragic. And I can't even begin to imagine the pain and the grief that some of you are, are going through. I, I can't even. I can't even. Because it's been, it's been a minute. I mean... Uh, this weekend, I think, kind of marks a one-year mark of when this pandemic started. Uh, we've been at this for a whole year, especially as a church, not meeting together. And there's grief and there's loss. But you know what? There are some things, I think, that we've lost that actually have b benefited us. Like we've lost some things, and because of losing them, we've actually gained some things. Like when I think about it, I think for some of us, we've lost some routines. And maybe, just maybe, those routines were really hindering us. Could it be possible? Could it be possible that we've lost some beliefs? A year ago today, you used to believe certain things about maybe the church or 
um, society or culture, and, and they were actually limiting your understanding of what was really going on, and you lost those beliefs. That's a pretty good thing. Maybe for some of us, you've lost relationships, and those are so tragic and so, so hard. But sometimes there, there, there are necessary endings to relationships. And so maybe you, maybe you lost a relationship. Maybe it's good because those relationships, you just think about it, they were really controlling who you were becoming. So that's really a good thing. As a church, I think we've lost um, some routines. We've lost this idea of like, you know, this method and model, model of what ministry or church look like. And I think that's really, really great. I think it's good to lose uh, routines, but you don't want to lose a sense of direction. We don't want to do that. I think for us, uh, for, uh, for us as a church, I think we've lost maybe even some beliefs, like a, so a belief that we can actually just uh, be complacent in what's going on in our world, in our society. I think we've lost that kind of belief. I think we've lost the belief of that, um, that we don't have influence as a, just one church at Mosaic, and we don't carry the responsibility of actually making sure that the direction of the kingdom of heaven is going there in the right path. I think I've lost that belief of thinking, you know, I know someone else will do it. I think it's a really great thing. I think it's really great because I don't mind losing certain of those beliefs. Why? Because I'm not going to lose what? My values. I'm not going to use my values. I'm glad that we've lost maybe some relationships. And I'm saying that I'm glad, not that I'm happy about it. I know that there are people who are just wondering, you know, is Mosaic the church for me? Some of you have jumped on and been a part of Mosaic because you left, what? You left a relationship with another church. See, we're all shuffling things around. We're all losing and gaining relationships. And as a church, we have gained some relationships and lost some relationships. But you know what? Honestly, I mean, as as, as hard as it is for me to lose people, I, 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 don't, I don't mind losing people who are going to hinder us from going in the direction that God wants us to go. I mean, and the good thing is, is that there's so many different churches and so many different flavors. So, th- so I'm glad that people can jump into another church and organization. But I don't mind that we have lost some routines, some beliefs, some, some relationships, because we can afford to do that. Why? Because once we understand those things, we can understand that we have to intentionally, intentionally begin to lose and gain. We have to intentionally revisit the direction we're going in. We have to intentionally, intentionally, in every area of our life, go back to the story we're telling. Because this helps us determine why we are headed in the direction we're headed in. See, as a church, this is so clarifying for me because I want to remind all of us, myself included, in the direction of where we're going. Like, why we do what we do. See, if you've been around Mosaic, the reason why we exist is we exist to reclaim the message and the movement of Jesus. That's what we're about. And it's actually interesting because the message, it's the story and the movement, the direction. But we, re- we want to reclaim the message and movement of Jesus. Why? Because we have seen it in our own time that there are people, there are things happening that are, that are um, taking the message 
and the movement of Jesus in a different direction. They're telling a story about the gospel and about Jesus. They're telling a story about the fact that you have to, um, you have to believe a certain way to belong, which is not true at all. So that's why we say at Mosaic, we, you can belong before you believe. See, there are people out there who say, no, 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 there's, there's hope, and Jesus is the hope, but it's the hope for some. And in Mosaic, if you never heard it before, you might have seen it somewhere. We put it everywhere. It's hope for all. See, that is rewriting a little bit the story. That's, that's revisiting the story. That's reimagining the story. That's changing direction, friends. Because that means that if, if there's hope for all, then the direction of our church is pointed to the world and not pointed to us. Because if hope is only for us, then the point, then the direction is to us. And then we become what? Self-centered. And we, as a church, do not want to become that. So we are all about hope for all. So what, what, what is the story you're telling yourself? Maybe about a certain area of your life. And... Uh, can you make the connection to the direction you're going in? What will it take? What will it take? What will you have to lose? What will you have to gain? And what, what, what do you stand to gain? And will you, will you, like Paul said, will you forget the past and press on? Will you do that? Would you look at the author of your faith, Jesus? Would you use Paul as an example of a guy who lived a certain life and said, I'm going to no longer believe that story? Will you do that? See, I, I pray that you do that. I pray that you do that. Because you will either fall into a certain category. I have three. You'll either fall into the category of, you're going to run with this thing. You're going to be like, yes, I'm running. I'm running. Naeem, what you told me and what you're saying, I'm already there, brah. I'm, I'm doing this as a church, as my newfound faith in Jesus in areas of my life. I've revisited some stories and I'm changing the story, changing the narrative. And I am running and I'm running hard right now. You just caught me while I'm running. Now, honestly, Naeem, I'm watching this or listening to this and I'm running. So, wow. Okay, whatever. So you're running with this. The other, ca the other category is you are right now rewriting it. So you're, you're taking the story. You're not running, you're rewriting it. And what you mean by that is you're, you're doing some deconstruction work. You're asking the hard questions. You're like, so I used to believe about this about my denomination or about my faith or about Jesus. Oh, it's not true anymore. Oh, I used to believe this about the Bible. Oh, oh I used to be, believe this about holiness. Oh, I'm not quite sure. Like if you've been around us, we do a lot of that in Mosaic. We're always asking the questions, trying to deconstruct because we want you to rewrite. And maybe right now, some of you, you need to step into that space of actually doing research and going, I want to rediscover my faith. Guess where you are? You're in the category of rewriting. So you're running, possibly you're rewriting. Or, I hate to bring it up, or you are resisting it. You are resisting it. Some of you are actively resisting it, as in, as soon as you um, are discomforted, you leave. That's been your pattern. And this might be the last message. Like, you're like, oh, I signed on for a mosaic, and this is my last message. Okay, you're actively, you're just resisting. Maybe some of you are passively resisting. You're like, you know what, I'm just, whatever, I, I can't deal with this right now. I can't deal with it. But you're resisting. See, I think we got to stop and go, hold up, hold up, hold up. Why is Paul so adamant about writing this? Why is he saying, I, I got to tell you this. I got to tell you this. He could have written about anything. 
he could have called those other Christians anything. Now he's saying, hey, hey, friends, this matters. Because Paul understood the tension. He understood the tension of being raised in a faith and now being, ha having to navigate trying to be Jewish, keeping your heritage, while in a um, Greek culture, and then you got Jesus in there who has, you know, rewritten basically uh, all the teachings of Jewish people. Like, literally, Jesus would start his sermons like this. You have heard it said, but I tell you. I mean, he starts off like that. He's like, I know you've been told this. I know you've been telling yourself this story. I know you've been told this story again and again. I know you've heard this, but I will tell you. Jesus is doing what? He's writing a new story. He's challenging us to do the same. So, so, will you resist? Will you rewrite? Or are you running? Man, if you are running, I want to say, I want to run with you. I, wanna, I want you to do that. In fact, I'll tell you what I would love for us to do. If you're running in your faith right now, I'd love for you to help us. Because as we go back into in-person services, and I am pumped about that, not just because um, I don't love the online experience and I don't think it's valid. It is, of course, valid. In fact, we have been reaching so many different kinds of people, and we've been able to just do some amazing things being online. But there's something about being in person. And so we're starting back in person. And what I need you to do, if you're running with us, if you understand that we're trying to reclaim the message and movement of Jesus, I want you to help jump in. I want you to volunteer. Yeah, just straight up. I want you to jump on a team. You're like, what, what does that mean? What do I do? Listen, we are starting again. That means we are starting from scratch, in a sense, on our volunteer staff. And there are people... You're, listening. You're one of them. You're so committed, but you moved <laughs> in, during this pandemic, and you can't physically be here, and we love you. We know you. We, uh, you do. Uh, you do. We, we love you, and you love us. It's all good. But for those of you who you are here in CLT, and you can volunteer, come on. Come on. Let's jump in with us. If you're running with us, let's do this, because here's the deal. Here's the deal. I look at organizations and churches, and I, again, I don't want to compare. I don't. I don't. But at some point, at some point, I got to go, I don't want to call them, I won't call them dogs and evildoers and mutilators of the flesh. I won't call them all those names. But at some point, I'm like, why is, are these people fully funded and have all the influence in the world and they're taking the church in a very awful direction? Why in the world? I don't want to do that. You don't want to do that. I don't, I don't want to leave the church for, um, for my kids and my grandkids in worse shape than I found it. And what that means is that you and I have to not resist. We have to do the hard work of rewriting, and we have to do the hard work of running. And that means we're all jumping in. We're all jumping in. So if you consider Mosaic Church your church, jump in. Let's serve on a team. You're like, what team? I don't, we need all the teams. We got none right now. I mean, we do have teams, but we got so many. Just email us, let us know, we'll put you on the team. All right, I want to be done because I'm on my soapbox, but let's go back. 
the story. What are you telling yourself about your relationships, about your health? Most importantly, what are you telling yourself about God? What have you told yourself for years about God? Have you told yourself that God is a distant God? He's only for some people. Have you told yourself that God is a God who wants you to be perfect to have a relationship with him? Have you told yourself that God is not comfortable with your questions and your doubts? Have you told yourself that there's a God out there who, and the God that's there is just not interested in people like you? Have you told yourself that God, that this God doesn't and will not really understand you because you're too complicated and too confusing? Have you told yourself that there's a God, this God that Jesus talked about is, is a God who doesn't give you chances, who just wants you to just get it right, and once you make a commitment, you can't fall off the wagon? Is that what you told yourself about God? I think it's not true at all. I think you've got to do the hard work of rewriting the story. Because if you're telling yourself a story and you're like, Naeem, I, I think I'm, I am telling myself the right story about God. Okay, well, is that story moving you in the right direction? Meaning, is that story causing you to move closer to God or away from Him? Paul is like, I want to know Him. I, I, I want to I know, know everything about Him. I, I want Him to be so close to me. He says, friends, I used to believe a story about this God out there, but now I believe this story, a story that says that God did send His Son, Jesus, and He is the Messiah, and He has made a way. He's done something that has redeemed not just humanity, but the world. Something I can't really understand, but I do know this. I want to go in His direction, and I'm doing that. Can I read this passage again to you? What does he say here? He says, I press on to possess that perfection for which Christ Jesus first possessed me. He said, friends, I don't have it together, but this is what I'm going to do. So let's rewrite this story. Let's stop telling ourselves the lie and let's reclaim, let's reimagine as a church, let's reclaim the message and movement of Jesus. Let's do that. And as people, man, let's rewrite the story and let's move in the right direction. Let's do that. Let me pray for us. Lord God, I thank you so much for this conversation. God, I know that it takes a lot. It takes so much for us to really think through what we've been telling ourselves. Because sometimes... We don't even realize the stories that we've been told. It's because the books we've been um, taught, the, the, even the theology that we've grown up in, it seems to be the foundation. God, I pray that you would help us realize, God, as Paul did, what is really foundational and what's not. God, for so many of us, we're, we're telling ourselves a lie about certain relationships, that we can't lose this relationship. But God, you know and I know that there are, there are anchor relationships that we cannot lose. But then there are some that are just hindering us. God, I pray that you would show us the story that we've been telling ourselves about the way we do life, that our method, our, our season, God, our health, 
God, I pray in Jesus' name, would you allow us the courage to really be able to lose all of those things to gain you, Jesus. To tell ourselves the right story. Father, I pray for those of us this morning who are going to stop telling ourselves a story about you that's not true anymore. God, your loving kindness is forever. You love us. There is hope for all of us. God, I pray that as they move, to, as they move towards this conclusion, as they rewrite this story and begin to tell themselves this, that they would move closer and closer to your heart and they would feel you closer to them. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen. Thanks for listening to this message from Mosaic Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more audio and video content, visit us at mosaicchurch.tv.